0: All right, we're doing another crossover show here Locked on Spartans because we are joined with Locked on Golden Gophers. You guys might remember this man. We've had him on basketball season, football season. And, uh, Kane. well, this is how crossover shows work. I've also joined your show because, uh, again, we're just talking to each other and using the same feed. It is wonderful when we do this. Kane, how you doing, my man? We doing okay? You're coming off of a win here, so at least half of us are pretty happy.
1: Well, if you ask the Iowa Hawkeye fans, it wasn't a win. It was a complete ah, yes. and all that. So, I mean, it really depends who you're asking. But we're feeling good here in Minnesota. We're feeling great. We've got the pig back. Floyd is back where he belongs. So, I'm rolling. Go. I'm ready for hopefully this to continue. But, you know, it's been an up-and-down season completely yeah. with this team. So, it's hard to say what to expect this weekend.
0: Oh, amen. And I, I doubt there's any Iowa fans listening. And, again, you could, we could edit all this out, but – was that a fair catch that Iowa had or or what? How are we feeling? I mean, it was deemed an
1: invalid fair catch signal. So I mean, I don't even know if we're actually calling it a fair catch to be safe, okay. but what I will say is that regardless, if you go back and now the Big Ten has come out and said if you look at the beginning of the punt, there was a different illegal action by Iowa that would have been a flag. So there's also things that could have been called on that one play. So let's just move on. The game's over and we got the dub. I'll take it. PJ is now also, one in seven.
0: <laughs> I love it. There we go. I also like if your offense just looks that horrible routinely, even in your home stadium, like just patently, you deserve to lose. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's very unfair to Iowa fans. But like, look, you, you should not be rewarded over and over again for looking that horrible offensively. So it's 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 good to see that they took a loss there. Again, I don't I don't hate Iowa necessarily, but yeah, it's just it's it's justifiable to not win every single game. But I digress. We're we're gonna talk about this upcoming game, you can tell that we are thrilled about it here, but <laughs> I mean, just how, how has it been going for you guys? Like, what are, I, this is such a stupid question, but like what are the vibes like over at Minnesota right now? Did you guys get momentum? Or are you guys all smiles from here on out? Or is there still some things you're like, eh, it's not all that great.
1: I, I think that question is very on the spot. That's the question everybody yeah. has. People are very excited about the Iowa win because it hasn't happened in so long, but sure. there's still that longing feeling of, we already dropped a game that could be the difference maker for the whole season in Northwestern, having let them come back 21 points in the fourth quarter. And now that could be a deciding factor for the West when it comes down to tiebreakers. Even if Minnesota gets it done against Michigan state or Illinois and all these other schools, that one can come back to bite you. So I feel like the vibes are really neutral right now. People are still mad and people are still happy about the Iowa game. So we're going to just put it right in the middle for now.
0: No, that's, beyond fair enough here but at least you guys are somewhere in the middle because yeah you talk about ups and downs with your season it's been a small up you know we beat central beat richmond that's right suck at spiders and then oh my god then that story about mel tucker comes out at midnight uh right after the richmond game and oh boy it's been uh i i I wouldn't even call it a spiral because like those take a while to go down it's just been a, a drive off of a cliff here um
1: Rough stuff there. Rough stuff there for sure. But I do I feel like there's still some hope, right? There's still some young players on this team that are showing flashes. That's one question I kind of have for you heading into, not just this week, but for Michigan State fans for the rest of the season. What is the outlook? What is the hope? Is it more Seeing flashes of players and hoping they stay, or I guess what is the fan base feeling for Michigan State right now?
0: That has to be it. And whether it's by way of transfer portal, like we just lost a really good defensive tackle in Simeon Barrow this week, or on offensive lineman, Keyshawn Blackstock. Now, he hasn't played the last few weeks, but it has just been announced that he is entering the transfer portal. And just, I, just injuries as well. I, th- there have been a lot of opportunities for some young guys, and it has been kind of crazy because, look, passionate Spartans. We know a lot of the players on this roster. There have been times in the last few weeks where a guy takes the field. and It's like, who is that? So we, we are, we are really, we are really getting to see a lot of guys that really wouldn't have this experience and uh, just exposure to the field get some action here. So you hear it all the time from the coaches too, like this team hasn't quit on the field. Now there have been rumblings amongst the fan base of like, "Ah, I don't know if the guys are really buying in anymore. And honestly, like Kane, could you even blame them for (laughs) kind of checking out here this season? Like it it has been horrible in the last five games here. And so I could see how, you know, some players might not be all the way bought in. And that's not even being slanderous towards the kids. I can completely understand why maybe (laughs) – you're not as bought in necessarily, but the coaches swear that, especially with the young guys, that, hey, they're still giving it their all. So, I mean, no, no disrespect to Minnesota, but it will be a little different facing the Golden Gophers than it will the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, so, absolutely. Now, while we are underdogs, let, let's not get it twisted here. I'm not saying that I'm expecting Michigan State to win this game, but it is a more winnable game than it was last weekend. So, we'll see if they could, God, for the sixth week in a row, get off the mat here. And, hey, maybe going on the road, does help some things because that is, weirdly enough, some of the best they've looked when they are on the road, like at Iowa, at Rutgers. Now, of course, Michigan State fans know all too well what happened. They look pretty good, if not the better team for three quarters. And then, well, oh, it's that it's that pesky fourth quarter over there, Kane, <laughs> that uh, we really seem to not know how to do. So, but it, yeah, maybe a road game can help because it's kind of weird. You're just in this bubble, you know? It's only you and each other. It's not the fans that are kind of just moaning in the stands as you guys are getting dropped. It's it's just you out there and th- there might be something to that. So we'll, we'll I mean, it that. only
1: gets easier though. It only gets easier because Michigan looks like they're that school this year. Plain and simple. Oh, Whether you're seeing signs <laughs> or not, we don't know, but they look like a team to be, and even Coach Flex said in his pressers this week that they're just a monster, they're a juggernaut of their own, and basically yeah. praised them again and again. Hopefully, he's not rallying for any jobs or anything out that way, but yeah, I think that Michigan has been holding their own, and so it can't get worse, right? The other opponents you'll mm-hmm. face won't be as tough, no matter who it is, so I think that's the positive, maybe, and we've experienced yeah. that too now, coming off of Michigan into Iowa, so. Right.
0: We are scraping at the bottom of the barrel here for anything that I really look forward to but that's just the sad state of affairs I, I do want to keep it on PJ Fleck, though, because I mean he's been there longer than I think any of us realize I mean people not you know rooting for the gophers because for me it seems like oh he's been there like three or four years like no it's been it's been a lot longer than that how is this still a happy marriage over there in Minnesota or Have there been, like, grumblings amongst the fan base, like, I don't know if P.J. Fleck is the guy here, or, oh, if he jumps ship to another job. I don't even know if we would care. Like, what what has that been like amongst the fan base?
1: It's definitely been a little bit louder this year, I would say. Any negativity, especially after that Northwestern showing, and then... That will do it, yeah. ...against both Michigan and UNC, both those games kind of were ugly, yeah. especially the UNC one where we were just missing opportunities and we could have been further into that game. So it, that that negativity is definitely becoming more prominent when you're looking at the social space. But I still think most Minnesota fans are happy with the direction and being competitive in most of these games, getting rivalry wins like we hadn't beaten Iowa since 2015, I believe. Right. This is the first time. Since I've been alive on this planet, that the Gophers have had both Floyd of Rosedale and the Axe Trophy in Dinkytown at the same time. It hasn't happened since 1993. So, I mean, you got to see some positivity in that, regardless of it being maybe where you'd want it in year seven with coach Black. But you have to remember too, we lost so many huge players, Tanner Morgan, Mo Ibrahim, John Michael Schmidt, all these seniors, even the guys beyond that Terrell Smith, Jordan Howden, those guys are playing on Sundays. So it's like, there's going to be a regression at some point. It's just you don't want to see that regression fall back to the bottom of the barrel where you can't, you feel like, oh, here we go again. It was all a fluke. I feel like we're starting to see some of those flashes. The offense is still kind of a garbage heap every once in a while, but they're starting to make clicks and make things happen. The defense put it together last week, like we saw 12 yards with Iowa. We saw flashes of the defense in the first couple of games as well. So now you want to see that carry out through the rest of the season. If you continue to show those flashes, even if you lose to an Ohio State, or even if you're really close with some of these other ones, at least those flashes might be like, okay, so next year should be a little bit better.
0: Right on. And you know what? I will keep it on the offense here because I'm going to grill you about your Gophers, and then you're going to flip the table and you're going to ask me all about my Spartans. But first, Kane, we need to talk to people's ears off about prize picks, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Because, like I've been telling my listeners up and down ever since we've been with prize picks. They make games that you don't even care about worth watching. It is so easy to make your picks on prize picks. It takes you like, what, 38 seconds to do it. It is wonderful. And my favorite part, yeah, sure, you got your NBA games, you got your NFL games, your NHL games. You can add all your players onto one slip. It it doesn't have to be just one sport. Mix and match and, hey, give yourself the chance to multiply your money times 25. That's right. You can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. It is quite simple. You're going to see a player. You're going to see some projected stats. You're going to guess over or under, and you're going to stream those together and sit down on the couch, watch the game. That again, otherwise, you would not care any less about and reap in those rewards. Go to prizepix.com slash lockedoncollege and use code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepix.com slash lockedoncollege and use code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. It's PrizePicks daily fantasy sports made easy. And also need to talk to people's ears. Off about LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you got to go check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster, and my favorite part, Kane, for free. If it's free, it's for me. And also, well, it's so easy to add your job to LinkedIn that even a schmuck like me can do it with ease. So while you do so, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right uh, skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize you want to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So what are you waiting for out there? Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college post your job for free. Terms and conditions. You got that right, Buster. They apply. All right, let's keep with the offense here. And it is not lost with me, you know, how ridiculous this question is going to sound because hey, we our offense isn't anything special over here in East Lansing. But Kane, I do vividly remember watching the Minnesota-Nebraska game and thinking, Oh my god, this is terrible. <laughs> What is it, is it? Can this be defined as offense technically? That was very early in the season, though, Kane, Has it gotten any better? And if it has, how has it gotten any better? I don't mean that disrespectfully because I, we got nothing to talk about over here that's too fancy over in East Lancy. But how has the offense been in Minnesota?
1: I mean, it's a fair question. I can't take too much offense to it. But the offense yeah. has gotten a little better in some okay. areas. I'm not okay. going to brag about it. But okay. we still have it better than I was. So I guess there's there's some measuring sticks to be in here. But yeah. overall, I think the biggest thing that has come to fruition since that Nebraska game is the revolution of Darius Taylor, who came in hot and heavy uh from games two, three, and four. He absolutely was going running wild. He had like 532 yards in three games and was leading the Big Ten in rushing yards through three games, basically through four games, but he only played three, took one touch in the Nebraska game. Now, after that, he got injured at the end of that uh, Northwestern game, and then he didn't play in Michigan. He comes back after the bye week versus Iowa, and now there's fears that maybe something could have been tweaked at the end of that Uh. game. He wasn't in it at the end when it came to some of those final possessions, and that was kind of a question. No one had seen anything, heard anything. We still haven't really gotten clarity on it, but hopefully – he isn't injured because this running back room has just been getting absolutely torched when it comes to injuries. We lost, we found out before the Iowa game, we lost Bryce Williams for the season. So that was the veteran running back who had some experience in this specific offense. Then Zach Evans, the redshirt freshman who stepped up when Darius Taylor was down, goes down to injury in this Iowa game. And now we don't know about Darius Taylor. So what are we looking at? RB4 maybe against this Michigan State team? That is a worry wow. as we head in. But I think that might present the opportunity to see if our quarterback, Ethan callie Manis, can be the real deal. There's been strings of this season where he's putting it together. He's going nine for nine. He's clicking. He's dropping off his back foot and getting it across the field, throwing dimes. And then okay. there's other moments where he's just – throwing the ball, dirt ball, five yards in front of him when it was an easy completion. So it's really been an up and down season with quarterback play. And if this Gopher team wants to still kind of put their name in that West conversation, they have to get the best of their young quarterback moving forward.
0: I can't believe we found the one program that has worse running back injury luck than we do this <laughs> season. That's that's remarkable that, hey, we, we found you guys. I do want to keep it with that quarterback here uh, because, yeah, I think I maybe caught him on a really bad game against Nebraska because it, it looked like he was just skipping rocks out there. But there is reason to be confident with the Minnesota passing game, and if not just for the quarterback, like who are some of the big pass catchers too that we got to worry about.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is uh Daniel Jackson has been a world beater for the Minnesota offense when okay. it comes to the receiving play. Uh he's been showing up in nearly every game. I believe he's one of the I I don't know where at in the Big Ten, but I think he's in the top ten in receiving yards for the Big Ten right now. He's doing a lot. Last week he had over a hundred yards and he was basically the offense for us when we couldn't get things going on the ground. He finds a way to get it done. His route running is pristine. Like I absolutely yeah. love it. He he. I asked him in the off season, in the fall camp, uh, who he really watches. Wasn't surprised to hear Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs are the guys he really tries to take and break down. And then you go and watch him route run, and you're like, okay, I see it, I get that. Yeah. But beyond that, who knows what this? We have we've been touted all off season as having so much depth in this wide receiver room. We brought in Spencer or Lasha Spencer from Charlotte, who had 900 yards and nine touchdowns last year. Hasn't had any opportunities. We have Brevin Ford, the tight end, who was a all, preseason All-American. Never really gets targeted and has had some drop issues this year. Chris Outman Bell's been hurt all year. Comes back and has played limited snaps, but we haven't seen anything. Corey Crooms had a game or two, but outside of Daniel Jackson... Where are we going with the ball right now, especially if the running backs are injured? So I am a little bit more concerned with this matchup, especially for the Gophers offense, knowing the running backs are injured, knowing we haven't been passing well. And so it all comes down again to that young quarterback. And can he make it click more often if he has those skipping moments like you were talking about? This could be a rough one for the Gophers.
0: Yeah. And again, it almost makes you just want to send every penny to your name on the under 40 and a half, which is what it's at <laughs> at FanDuel right now. <laughs> it's Hey, we'll see. Um Now to switch it to the other side of the ball here, just 10 points given up against Iowa. Was that more so just Iowa being Iowa? Or did you see something where it's like, okay, we're starting to turn a corner here on defense. The Gophers are starting to cook on that side of the ball.
1: It's definitely a little bit of both. So it's, I will be in Iowa first and foremost, like the offense looked bad, but I was really impressed with how they slowed down that running game. I believe they had, even if if you took away the sack yardage that happened on Deacon Hill, I think Iowa had 33 total rushing yards with that sack yardage gone. So the Gophers rush defense has been doing really well. And even in the games they've struggled, they've limited a lot of running backs. Like UNC was the number nine rushing team in the country when we played them. And I believe until like the final minute in garbage time, they were at like, 70 yards rushing overall, so... They've done really well at stopping that run, but they've had some issues in the secondary since that UNC game where something has popped off on the film for these teams that they're finding openings and they are capitalizing. So the secondary has been an issue since that week three matchup. It seems like we've started to clean it up a little bit in this Iowa game, but I think that was more so because the pressure was getting home to Deacon Hill and causing errant passes. So that's my big question is, is it really the secondary cleaning things up or does it rely on the pressure? If we can't get pressure like we saw against Michigan, we got absolutely routed. So we'll see what happens there. The defense has shown flashes, but there are still things to maybe be concerned about.
0: And it wouldn't be a good Big Ten podcast without talking special teams. I mean, because, uh, God, you think that played a role in your guys' win last week? I think <laughs> certainly did. Uh, how has it been for you guys? What's the kicking situation like, the punting situation? I mean, all, all things foot on ball. How are we looking here if, by God willing, it's actually a close game on Saturday, which that would be great for once over here?
1: Honestly, outside of our actual place kicker, Dragon Kestich, who's kicking field goals like crazy, outside of okay. him, it's been kind of rough for Minnesota when it comes to special teams. We haven't been able to Enjoy really – the party. Awesome. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> haven't been able to flip the field at all in the return game. Uh, there have been critical mistakes throughout the season with, like – An errant like we could have pinned Northwestern in that comeback down on the one yard line. The player got behind the ball to get it and pin it down on the one, and they took a step backwards and went in the end zone and then caught the ball. And then all of a sudden, instead of driving the entire field to tie the game, they started from the 25 and they made it happen. So, their special teams has been very rough. A lot of fans are calling into question why we haven't made a change with our special teams coach who has never shown real progress now. This kicker, though, this kicker is the real deal. He can boot that bad boy from 55 yards, and I still feel comfortable with him out there. And even after he pushed one into the wind in this Iowa game where the winds were 25 miles per hour, knocked in his next four after that, this is probably the most comfortable I have felt with a kicker when it comes to field goals for this team. So hopefully they can start to clean other areas up, but the special teams has been no bueno.
0: It is like I'm staring at a mirror right now. I mean, I, you guys are actually, like, putting some wins in your win column in Big Ten play. But like, uh, the, after the Michigan game, I, I I said that our special teams coach should be in prison. So, like, if that gives you an <laughs> idea of how we're feeling about special teams around these parts in East Lansing, it's so glad that, hey, <laughs> there, there's another fan base out there suffering from this, guys. See, misery loves company. So, solidarity <laughs> it's for you. you. No, this is great. We're all having fun. Um, all right. We're going to flip the table here. Uh, you're going to grill me about the Spartans. Um, but first, hey, got to talk people's ears off about Fan FanDuel Sportsbook. Hey, if you're feeling spicy about the Gophers, they are minus seven point favorites right now. And if you're feeling like spicy, like I am about the under of 40 and a half right now. Sprint, do not walk towards FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, to get in on the action. Or, hey, if college football isn't your only cup of tea that you like to sip on weekends, well, snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's right, that's $200 in bonus bets, win, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, well, there's simply no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of options, including spreads, player props, over, under, or my personal favorite, eh, first-time touchdown. Also, I do like to fancy myself a two-touchdown score bet as well. Go check it all out at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Also need to talk your ear off about Team Ticker, the one-of-a-kind sports sign for Spartan fans. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, you already know what I'm talking about. It is this lovely, if I could point in the right direction, this lovely sign that is high-tech but still has that retro feeling behind me. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, I'll try to paint the best picture possible. Of course, you've probably been in a sweet basement or a man cave or a sports bar or, hey, even sometimes footage from inside of these teams' practice facilities. It's countdown till kickoff or countdown till St. Patrick's Day, if you will. Well, it's that sign just hyped up on so much more Stairs, Like right behind me, they're showing the top 25 poll for football. It's updated quite often. They have stats for football, baseball, soccer, softball, any Michigan State sport you want. Team Ticker has you covered with the stats, the schedules, the updates. This is truly a one-of-a-kind sports sign. So if you're shopping for the Spartan in your life, or heck, if you are just the best Spartan in your life, don't wait to shop this holiday season. Go to TeamTicker.com and pick up your Team Ticker sign today. Again, Team Ticker is the one-of-a-kind sports sign. And from now until the end of October, if you go to TeamTicker.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll receive $50 off of your Team Ticker purchase. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN, all one word at TeamTicker.com for $50 off your Team Ticker sign. All right, Kane. All right. What do, you, what do you want to know about this team? I've got
1: lots of questions. I'm not
0: going to I'm lie. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, I sure just, you do. You don't know
1: much about. And so I want to know right away. Young quarterback, Caden Hauser, uh, yeah. elite 11 player, was a four yep. or five star kid. Lots of highly touted recruiting. But yep. what what have you seen from him through that Rutgers game? We're going to kind of move that Michigan game off to the side a little bit because it's Michigan and they're Thank dominating you. everybody, plain and simple. Yeah. I don't care if mm-hmm. if Michigan goes out there and plays. Ohio State, I still think they're going to make that quarterback look foolish. So overall, what are you seeing with Caden Hauser and have there been bright spots or what are your concerns with him as well?
0: Overall, yeah, again, I I don't need. Yeah, you can't even hold the Michigan game against him because, Kane, they knew all of our plays. That's right. I'm just (laughs) going to say that you can tell I'm slightly kidding there. Um. His first start against Rutgers was everything you could have hoped for in a young redshirt freshman. Even, you know, a guy as highly recruited as he was, Elite 11, just like you said. Great job on the homework over there. That's what I'm talking about. But, man, that was a tough day in Piscataway because, well, Rutgers has a pretty solid pass defense to begin with, but also a very soggy day over there. Uh, not the greatest passing conditions, but, hey, he still had some really good completions, like the opening drive on the scripted plays. Hit Montori Foster, I believe it was, for a nice like 16-yard touchdown. That ball had some zip on it through the rain. But then you also see, okay, some out routes where the ball has to hang in the air for 25, 30 yards just to gain four yards because that's the routes that we like to drop here in East Lansing. Get a little floaty offhand, so I do worry about that because we'll just, like we saw last weekend, those could be some good pick six balls there. So we would like to see a little more strength on the arm here. But again, redshirt freshman, Young kid has had two really, really tough situations to go up against. So I think, weather permitting, like we can get a really decent look as to, okay, what are we working with here if this is going to be our foundational quarterback, if he does want to stick around here after this year. So all in all, I've been overall pleased with it. And I know that sounds ridiculous coming off of a 49-0 loss where he threw a pick six. But again, like that's... That's a that's a semi-pro team over there. He was going against.
1: <laughs> I get it. I get it. We experienced it yeah. firsthand and we had two pick sixes. So I it's mean not fun. step yeah. for step with you. But <laughs> right. I think overall there's gonna be opportunities for him. The secondary has yeah. shown there's holes on the field at times. So if he can capitalize yeah. on that, I will be a little bit concerned. But the secondary also is concerned. Created a lot of different turnover opportunities, too. So hopefully that'll play in our favor a little bit. But what has been the biggest surprise for you with Michigan State's roster this year?
0: The biggest surprise for the roster is just, I mean, kind of, I hate to be negative Nancy once again, but like the trenches have been a little... Underwhelming, more so like the defensive side. I really thought this front seven was going to be a strength. And look, of course, there's the injuries. Like, we lost our great, you know, reigning three time Big Ten defensive player of the week winner, Jacoby Winman. He bows mm-hmm. out very early in the season with a peck injury. And okay, well, Darius Snow from last year, well, his leg nearly exploded last year. So we were lucky to even have him at 80% at some point this year. But we are running thin at the front seven. But let's be honest, even when it was all healthy and all good in the hood over here, like it, it's been a little underwhelming, not much of a pass rush at all this season. So that's been a little bit of a shock. And also for the offensive line, it has been going up and down. They did show a glimmer of hope here for the running game, but like the run blocking, especially with the really veteran guys on this line, like you would have hoped it would have been a little better so far this season and that Nathan Carter, a really good running back for us, transferred from UConn who has been playing good. You would hope that he would get a little more help. So it's, it has been just a little underwhelming in the trenches here, just as far as, you know, what's the biggest surprise of the roster goes for.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that makes yeah. sense. But I do have to ask, it, it was really curious to me how spread out the offense has been when it comes to passing. What stands out to you yeah. about Michigan State's pass catchers? It seems like they've really spread it around when it comes to target distribution. I think you have like four or five different pass catchers with over 200 yards. So how have you been seeing that pass pass catching game going and are any of them like a true home run hitting uh, threat or is it really just kind of picking your opponents apart slowly and surely down the field?
0: Yeah, it is that it is by committee. And that's something that we expected going into this season because well, Hey, Jaden Reed was on the team last year. Okay. He goes to the second round of the Packers. Well, Hey, at least we got Keon Coleman, right? Uh, Until right before midnight of the transfer portal in the spring. So, okay. Now we're replacing two NFL caliber receivers here. The only guy that we have returning that was a starter is Trey Mosley. And he I, I love Trey Mosley. Mr. Reliable, I call him. He's great. But still, there's a lot of catches to be had and a lot of young, unproven guys. So going into the season, it's like, okay, well, this is going to be by committee. Like we could see eight guys on the field have equal snap counts at the end of the game here. And by late October, it doesn't really seem to have leveled itself out, which I like is fine because I don't know if there's a home run hitter. I don't know if anyone has established themselves as the alpha dog. There have been guys that have had great moments, like Jeron Glover, young kid, he has had some really good flashes for Michigan State so far. Or Christian Fitzpatrick for the deep ball routes. Like, yeah, he's shown some really good moments there. However, it's like he's only really got that one route. And well, Jeron Glover has to share the room with a lot of other people, and it it, it has been very just hodgepodge on the re- receiver core but I, it it'd be really silly of me to say like that's like the, the big problem here on offense because it's we got a lot of other issues to deal with here
1: For sure. No, that helps break it down for the Gophers fans listening. But I do need to know, flipping to the defense, what are your expectations, especially being a better team when it comes to run defense? Now that Simeon Barrow has hit that portal, how big of an impact is that? And how are you expecting them to address that departure after you just said that the front seven has been kind of letting down at times?
0: Yeah, it's it's that's a big departure. There's no sugarcoating losing Simeon Barrow. Now I know that he hasn't had like this outstanding year, or maybe the year that we all thought that he would have and hit the ceiling. But still, at the end of the day, like just a decent Simeon Barrow is still a really good player. So that's going to be missed inside that front right there, and it's going to be interesting because Jordan Hall, true freshman linebacker. He looks all the part of a very promising, great Big Ten linebacker. But at the end of the day, it still is a true freshman. Like, he has his work cut off for him. And his running mate is either Cal Halliday or Aaron Alexander, a guy that we really haven't seen a lot so far this year until last week against Michigan. And he comes on the field, and you're looking at your program like, Alexander? Well, hold on, is that, the, is that the UMass kid that we got in the transfer portal And I completely forgot? So it has been. Quite a patchwork thing we have going on for defense right now, so it's it's big. But the expectation still has to be stopping the run. I, I mean, because look, in order for Michigan State to win this game, our best shot is to make your quarterback throw. So it' way easier said than done. The valve does have to be shut off in the run game. I think it's very safe to say that, but a, a little a little bit of a challenge here as well.
1: Well, those injuries might be music to your ears then, but it sounds like maybe one of those two Gophers backs will have some positive news at least to maybe get some touches this weekend. We'll see how it goes, but PJ holds onto those injury secrets. Like it's his, his final breath, his dying words. So I don't think we're ever (laughs) going to hear anything about that until two hours before game day. And we still will not hear anything about it. We'll just see a name on a list, but regardless of that, I got to know, what is your biggest concern with this Michigan State team halfway through the season, and what gives you hope in this specific game?
0: It's, it's so silly, and it's so far away from X's and O's or anything in the box score, but it, it's, it's just mental fortitude. It's just the mentality of this team, because just like we talked about earlier this show, I it's just human nature to when you are in a string of just terrible luck or terrible performance or just things really not going your way for the better part of a month, For you to get a little down and for you to check out just a little bit here, like, again, there have been fans saying, like, oh, this team has quit. And I don't think I necessarily believe that 100%, but I I do think, like, well, sure. Like, how can you blame them? Like, their coach got fired in, like, the most circusy way two weeks into the season. And now here we are. We're blowing huge leads against Rutgers. We are blowing leads against Iowa. We're getting absolutely dummied against your rival in Michigan. It's like – can, can you really get off the mat after weeks upon weeks of this happening? Like, like we talked about, the, hey, the young players are going to get opportunities and maybe they get in there with just some great mental fortitude. But I, man, for, for the upper class of this team or the guys that have been around the block here and that are looking around at each other being like, what the hell are we doing, man? Like, I, I, I do wonder what kind of a Michigan State team we get this weekend because, God, I. The last few games, I mean, going into the Rutgers game, it's like, oh, boy, what kind of mental toughness do they have? And I hate to say mental toughness. Like, that that's that's such, like, a BS way of looking at it because all these kids are tough just for sticking around right. and even strapping up the right. helmet to go on fr- Saturday. But that's how a lot of people are looking at it. It's like, oh, do they have the mental toughness for this game? Like, I, we'll see. So, I, I know it's so silly and that's such, like, a corner of the sports bar, like, opinion to make. But, like, I, that that's truly where I'm at right now is, like, will, will they be focused and dialed in for this game? I, I don't know, and I don't blame them if they're not. Quite frankly,
1: no, yeah. it makes sense, and I think we're gonna find out whether we want to or not. We're gonna find out what happens this weekend yeah. with injuries, with mental toughness, and all of that. Yeah, you know, it could be an absolutely ugly game, or they could just su- surprise us. Maybe we get some shocking high-powered right. offenses going crazy. Now I doubt it, but <laughs> that'd be nice. <laughs> <talk. Right. laughs>
0: yeah, no, it, it'll be a thing where it's like if they do lay an egg I, again. Okay, I I can see why. I, I might be a little checked out too at this point if I was in their cleats over there. But if they do come out with fire and then string together four great quarters of focus, like I I will be incredibly impressed with these student athletes and just what they've been able to overcome, even for, you know, just one Saturday afternoon would be great. So that's that's absolutely what we're well. Here. Yeah.
1: I think we should wrap this one up with the thing that everybody cares for, but we hate to do the most. We <laughs> got to talk about the predictions here. What are you thinking for this weekend?
0: Nasty score. Uh, give me Minnesota 18 to Michigan State 13. Like just some number you would never expect to see. So 18-13 Minnesota, unfortunately.
1: You'd actually be shocked to know I'm very close to that same score, except okay. for I put 20-13 to 13 in favor okay. of Minnesota. But I think it is going to be an ugly one. I think it's going to be yeah. maybe something you want to take an afternoon nap for you wake up and it's probably the same score so we'll see what happens with it all but I appreciate you taking the time for us to do this crossover I always look forward to it I'm sure we'll talk when basketball happens and you'll be talking good and I will be hopefully just not talking about the worst team in the Big Ten but (laughs) we'll find out soon I appreciate you taking the time to have me on and us to do this crossover
0: you're the man, Kane. Yeah, this basketball season, hopefully I can show all your listeners and, hey, maybe even some of mine that, no, I, I'm not this much of a Debbie Downer all the time. Like, when there's happy things to talk about, boy, howdy, don't get it twisted. We do talk about it here. It's just those those days don't come around that easily on this side of the <laughs> woods here. But, hey, Kane, all you Gophers fans out there, all you State fans out there, hope you enjoy a great rest of your week. Love you all. Row the boat and go green.